But notice in verse 7 in our text, he killed 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. In the Valley of Salt. This is down there by the Dead Sea. Something really unique about that area. And it says, uh, and he took Selah by war and called its name Jachthiel to this day. Selah literally means the rock. And this is the rock city of Petra in modern day Jordan. And uh, Amaziah renamed it Jachthiel, which means the blessedness of God. Welcome, everyone, and thank you for joining us. You're listening to Truth in Christ Radio, a Bible teaching radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Rochester with senior pastor and teacher, Rob Kellogg. Today, our scripture says, He killed 10,000 Edomites. This shows the military might of Amaziah and that he successfully subdued the weaker nations surrounding Judah and took Selah by war. This city, Selah, was the ancient rock city in the desert, also known as Petra. This was a significant victory for Amaziah. However, we will learn that Amaziah trusted God for the victory over Edom, but immediately after the victory, his heart turned from God. As followers of Jesus Christ, we must always stay close to him through prayer and his word because it doesn't take much to turn a human heart away from God. Now let's join Pastor Rob's teaching, already in progress. His own servants, and this is what it was, uh, his own servants conspired against him because of the blood of the sons of Jehoiada the priest and killed him on his bed. So So he died, and they buried him in the city of David, but they did not bury him in the tombs of the kings. And these are the ones who conspired against him. Zabad, the son of Shemaeth, and the Ammonites, and Jehozabad, the son of Shimrith, the Moabites. So these two men, these servants of Joash, murdered him because of how he killed Zechariah, the high priest, even after all that his father had done for him. Very ungrateful young man. But verse 6 says, But the children of the murderers, notice, so um, now these, uh, these people who murdered his, his father, he has them murdered. So the children of the murderers, he did not execute according to what is written in the book of the law. But he murdered them, but he didn't murder the, the children. Because it's written in the book of the law of Moses in which the Lord commanded, saying, Fathers shall not put to, be put to death for their children, nor shall children be put to death for their fathers. But a person shall be put to death for his own sin. And we've seen this in the past with Yehu, king of Israel, because that's what he did. God had told him to wipe out the, the line of Ahab, uh, uh, certain individuals of Ahab, but he took it a step further and, and killed all the acquaintances even of Yeh uh, um, uh, Yehu as well, or of uh, of Ahab and um, Ahaziah. These kings, these names get a little confusing after a while. And so, um, also in Ezekiel, it tells us in uh, chapter eighteen, verse twenty, it says, "The soul who sins shall die." Doesn't that confirm with what the Bible tells us that the the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ? 
So back in the Old Testament, in Ezekiel 20, or 18, excuse me, verse 20, the soul who sins shall die, and the son who shall not bear the guilt of the father, nor the father bear the guilt of the son. The righteousness of the righteous shall be upon himself, and the wickedness of the wicked shall be upon himself. And thank God for whatever conviction that Amaziah had. He, wasn't, he was at least following the law, and he was listening to what the law of Moses said. And, and back in this time, you know, um, uh, th- these things happen. When a king, uh, something happened uh, to his father, and, you know, he would not only wipe out the people who killed his father, but he would go after the entire family and just wipe them out. And that was very typical in the Orient, or, or in the, not the Orient, but the, um, in the Middle East back at this time period. But at least he had enough scruples to not do that. And, you know, kudos for him, because he started off, again, well, just like his father did. But we're going to see that he's not going to end well. And see, it's always good to be obedient to the Lord. I would encourage you to read Deuteronomy 27 and 28, because God lists the the blessings and the cursings of the children of Israel, telling them way in advance, before they even crossed over to go into the promised land, he told them, this is how you will be blessed, and this is how you will be cursed. And it's all based upon actions that we do. And being obedient to God. And that's all we got to do is be obedient to him, and we will be blessed. Because there are consequences for sin, and there's also consequences for obedience. There's blessings in obedience. And it may not feel always like a blessing, and sometimes... Doing the right thing is harder to do than doing the wrong thing. Doing the wrong thing is something we do very naturally because it's, it's part of our old nature. It's easy to do the wrong thing. You, you wake up and you just fall into it. You step in it every day. You just, you just kind of walk and, you, and it's easy to do the wrong thing. But to do the right thing, to walk in obedience is going to take some thought. It's gonna be, you're going to have to be circumspect. You're going to have to be watching what you're doing how you're being manipulated, the things that are around you. You've got to really have your head on straight, and that's why you have to pray in the morning. Lord, help me today. I need your help. Before I step out of this house, before I step out of this bed, Lord, would you please help me and give me eyes to see way beyond the natural things. Help me to see what's lurking in the shadows. Even though I may not see it, I can see the, 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 the manifestation of it. I, I see jealousy in this person, and this, and then the next thing you know, and how do I combat that? And how do I love this person in spite of those things? See, it's, it's, it's so important that we live in obedience, and it's never easy, obedience. Very rarely is it easy. That's why so few people do it. They go by the path of least resistance. The path of least resistance. I live by that rule most of my life. I never stood up to anything that was morally right. I would always just cave in. I don't know, have you felt the same thing? Have you you ever experienced that? Most of us have. But notice in verse 7 in our text, he killed 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt. In the Valley of Salt. This is down there by the Dead Sea. Something really unique about that area. And it says, uh, and he took Selah by war and called its name Jachthiel to this day. Selah literally means the rock. And this is the rock city of Petra in modern day Jordan. And uh, Amaziah renamed it Jachthiel, which means the blessedness of God. And so this interesting place, and um, Petra is the place that we believe 
that yet in the future to us, in the tribulation period of time, that period of time after the church is removed, Petra is the place we believe that the 144,000 Jews sealed during the tribulation, during the great tribulation, that they will be protected in this place called Petra when the Antichrist comes to, and seeks to destroy them. And, and this place, um, I haven't been there. I, I, I would love to go there someday, but I know people who have. And inside, it's a rock city. It's literally a mountain, and, and they carve these... Uh, uh, buildings out of rock, and, and they go way back, and there's tunnels and all kinds of caverns and stuff like that. And, and I've been told that people believing in the Word of God have placed scriptures all over inside there, so that when the Jews finally get there in the Great Tribulation period, they're going to have the Word of God hid in there for them, so they can read it while they are hiding from the man of sin, the beast, the Antichrist, whatever you want to call him, Fang Face, whatever I don't know, whatever you want to call him. He's probably going to be a good-looking guy. And he's probably going to be very well-spoken. He's probably going to know many languages. He's probably going to have the right suit. You know what I'm talking about. He's going to, be, he's going to drive the nice car. He's going to be very, very liquid, you know, just speak to anybody, you know. Just, and people are like, wow, he's just so smooth. Smooth operator, you know. He's just one of these guys. But the Bible tells us that in Revelation 12, verse 6, says the woman, speaking of Israel... And those representing Israel at that time. The woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that they should feed her there. And not only the the scripture, but they'll have supplies hidden away for them. And they should feed her there 1,260 days. That's three and a half years. Right about the midpoint of the tribulation. They're going to flee to Petra. And they're going to be prepared. In Revelation 12, again, in verse 13, it says, Now when the dragon, speaking of Satan, saw that he had been cast to earth, he persecuted the woman who was spoken of as Israel, who gave birth to the male child. But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might flee into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time from the presence of the serpent. A time is one year. A times is two years because it's plural. And then a half a time is another half year. One year, two year, and a half. Three and a half years, 1,260 days, however you want to call it. It tells us right there, very clearly, we're dealing with 30-day months. <laughs> and so he tells us this. But the Edomites, um, who Amaziah attacked, were the descendants, remember, of Isaac. And thus they were ancestors of Judah and Amaziah and King David. Remember in Genesis that uh, Isaac and Rebekah had uh, two sons, uh, and, and the Lord said to Rebekah, there's two nations in your womb. This is uh, Genesis 25, verse 23. There's two, and so this is the place that, that he's going up against. And, and the reason I'm bringing this up is to show the connection. They're really fighting each other. Brothers are fighting against their own kind, their own tribes, if you will, because they all came from Isaac, Jacob and Esau, we'll see that. So two nations are in your womb, the Lord says to her, and two peoples shall be separated from your body. One people shall be stronger than the other, and the older shall serve the younger. So when her days were fulfilled for her to give birth, indeed, there were twins in her womb. Who are those twins in Rebekah's womb? 
Jacob and Esau. <laughs> right? And then it tells us that afterward, it uh, says that, um, and the first one came out when she gave birth, and he was red, and he was hairy all over, like a garment, and so they called his name Esau, which means red. And afterward, his brother came out, and his hand took hold of Esau's heel, so his name was called Jacob, which means heel catcher, or dirty, sneaky thief. Heel catcher. Because of what he did when he was just an infant. He didn't, didn't even know anything. And so his name was called Jacob. And Isaac was 60 years old when he, when he bore them. And it tells us in Genesis 36 that, now this is the genealogy of Esau, who is Edom. So Esau is the same as Edom. So the people who came as a result of Esau, his descendants were the Edomites. Right? And so... Now, in verse 7 uh, that we just read here, you know, all it tells us is that there was this war. You know, all we have in, in, in 2 Kings here is verse 7. He killed 10,000 Edomites in the Valley of Salt, took Selah, changed its name, end of story. But in, in 2 Chronicles, uh, I'd like to read that. So turn, with there, uh, turn there with me, if you would, 2 Chronicles 25, because this is a... Uh, this is more commentary, if you will, on what happened here. Second Chronicles 25. Because what one verse told us in Second Kings here, verse 7, now you go to Chronicles and it gives you several verses. We're just going to look at verses uh, 5 through 16. Notice what it says in verse 5. It says, Moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and set over them captains of thousands, captains of hundreds, according to their fathers' houses, throughout all Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above, which is what they would do when they're about ready to go to war. And he found them to be 300,000 men, choice men, able to go to war, who could handle spear and shield. And he also, notice this, verse 6. This is so crazy. He also hired 100,000 mighty men of valor from Israel for 100 talents of silver. Aren't 300 good enough? You got to hire, you got to pay them. You're going to pay them, you know, these 100,000 men from the tribe, you know, the, the kingdom up north. You're going to hire mercenaries to help you go against Edom? Isn't God and 300,000 good enough? Actually, isn't 300, like in Gideon's sake? Plus God, a majority? Yeah, it proved to be pretty good. So, not really walking in faith here and, and, and taking and intermixing this, this line of Judah that should be much better than their northern neighbors who are all idolaters. And Judah was becoming not much better, to be honest with you. But notice... So he, he does all of this, and in verse 6, he hired 100,000 men from Israel. And, but, but a man of God, notice, and this is what I, I want you to see this. This is God's grace in action. A man of God came to Amaziah saying, O king, do not let the army of Israel go with you. For the Lord is not with Israel, meaning the northern tribes, not with any of the children of Ephraim, whenever you see the children of Ephraim, it's always speaking of the northern ten tribes. Israel and Ephraim is all the northern kingdom. Okay? Judah is always in the south. 
But if you go, he tells him, be gone. Be strong in battle. Even so, God shall make you fall before the enemy. For God has power to help and to overthrow. And then Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do about the hundred talents that I've given to these men? You know, I can't just give them the money and tell them to go home. And, and, um, and the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give you much more than this. And so Amaziah discharged those troops that had come to him from Ephraim to go back home, and therefore their anger was greatly aroused against Judah. And they returned home in great anger. And then Amaziah strengthened himself, and leading his people, he went to the valley of Salt, and he killed 10,000 of the people of Seir, speaking of Edom, the Edomites. Also the children of Judah took captive 10,000 alive, brought them to the top of the rock, and cast them down from the top of the rock, so that they were all dashed in pieces... But as for the soldiers of the army which Amaziah had discharged, so that they would not go with him into battle, they raided the cities of Judah from Samaria to Beth Horan. They killed 3,000 in them and took much spoil. And now it was so after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomite. And can you see God trying to warn this man, a very stubborn man? Anybody stubborn in the room tonight? Very stubborn. He, or he, he pays these guys to, to come join them. God's like, don't, I don't want to, you, no, don't do that. Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Okay, if you do it, go. <laughs> You're going to die. And so he's like, well, fine, I'm going to go do it. And so he's stubborn. He goes. And meanwhile, these 100,000 mercenaries, they're angry because now he didn't take back the money. Do you see now what he's done? He's made them indebted to him. That's why they're angry. When you earn something from somebody, you, 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 you do something and you get a wage for it. But when you give somebody some money and then you don't follow through with whatever you wanted them to do and they leave with the money, they feel in their sense, in their hearts, an indebtedness to you. And they're thinking, I'm not going to be indebted to them. To the, to the tribe, to the Judah and Benjamin? I'm not going to be indebted to them. The only reason I'm here is for the money. If it wasn't for the money, I'd have nothing to do with you. But now they feel indebted. Maybe, maybe, just maybe, that is why they're angry. And now it was so, after Amaziah came from the slaughter of the Edomites, that he brought the gods of the people of Seir, set them up to be his gods, he bowed down before them, burned incense to them, and therefore the anger of the Lord was aroused against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet again. Now see the grace of God again. I mean, can you see this? I mean, I want to make that very obvious, very plain. It is very obvious, isn't it? You're messing up. God sends a prophet. Why does he have to send a prophet? Because he's closed off his own ears. He's not listening to God, so God's got to tell somebody else to go speak to this guy. <laughs> Do you see that? And if God really didn't love him, if God didn't really care, he would have just smoked him right on the spot. Right? But does he do that? Does he deserve to have a prophet come and try and steer him away? Remember Balaam and the donkey? You know, the donkey is listening to the Lord. He can see the Lord. And, the, and Balaam, he just keeps whacking the donkey. And the donkey finally had to, what's up with you, guy? And then the fool has enough chutzpah to have a conversation with the donkey. Can you imagine the madness of that? You're so angry that things speaks to you and you're speaking back to it. That's when you know you've lost it. 
That's when you know that they need to come in with the straight jacket and take you away in the funny little wagon because you've really lost your marbles at that point. But notice, he goes and he takes their gods after defeating them, comes back and worships them. So God sends a man of God, again, a prophet, who said to him, Why have you sought the gods of the people which could not rescue their own people from your hand? And so it was, as he talked with him, that the king said to him, Have we made you... And so... The king is getting frustrated with a prophet. This is the second time God's trying to get in his way from keeping him from doing foolish things. The king finally says to the prophet, Have we made you the king's counselor? Cease. Why should you be killed? Close your mouth or you're going to die. You've spoken to me twice. You do it again and your head's going to be on a stick. <laughs> okay? And, and, and this is just the attitude. And then the prophet ceased. But then, one final little barb. I know that God has determined to destroy you because you have done this and you have not heeded my voice. And God trying to step in. God trying to intervene. And notice how the Lord sent to Amaziah a prophet. This, folks, is grace. In the Old Testament, where there appears to be no grace. You know, people say, oh, there's no grace. It's only just death and judgment. Well, If you read close enough, and here it is, just tucked away in these verses, grace of God, the grace and the love of God. Because when Amaziah or any of us have shunned God, if we don't listen and are pig-headed, God will often send a prophet or someone to speak the truth to us. And hopefully we will listen. And God help us if we don't. God loves us enough to tell us the truth. And unfortunately, he spurned God's message through the prophet and it would definitely cost him. So in, back in our text now in uh, 2 Kings 14, beginning in verse 8. So Amaziah, he sends messengers to Jehoash now. And so you have to, if you don't read Second Chronicles like we did, you would miss on why he's going to go to war with them. Because while he was down there slaughtering the Edomites, these 100,000 men were going into, who belonged to Israel were raiding towns in Judah and killing people about 3,000 of them. And so when he comes back from Edom and sets up these idols and the prophet gets on his case, now he finds out what had happened. And now he's like, okay, now I'm going up north and I'm going to take this guy on. So Amaziah sent messengers to Jehoash, the son of Jehoiahaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, come and let us face one another battle, one another in battle. Let me just look back here. I think I... Uh, and we know why what precipitated this is because of the uh, those hired mercenaries went and killed those people of Judah, 3,000. And so now he hears about it. And he comes back. And so Jehoash, verse 9, king of Israel sent to Amaziah, king of Judah, saying... And he gives them this little parable. It almost sounds very uh, like Samson. The thistle that was in the Lebanon sent to the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, Give your daughter to my son, his wife. And a wild beast that was in Lebanon passed by and trampled the thistle. So Jehoash was giving a parable and basically relating Amaziah to this little thistle, this little plant, versus Jehoash, who is related to as the cedar, the big, strong, bigger, and better. And he was. That's the end of our lesson for today, but please join us next time as Pastor Rob continues our study in the book of Second Kings. 
Calvary Chapel of Rochester is located at 2503 Browncroft Boulevard, Rochester, New York, 14625. You can reach us at our church office between 9 a.m. and 4 p.m., Monday through Friday, at area code 585-586-3140. If you would like to have an audio CD of today's message mailed to you in its unedited form, simply mention today's date when contacting our church office you can also contact us via the web by logging on to www.calvaryrochester.com. There you will be able to access a number of useful things such as information concerning our beliefs, our ministries, contact information, our location, service times, and much more. You can also download or listen to the radio and sanctuary messages free of charge from the teachings link at the top of the page. To listen to Calvary Chapel of Rochester's sanctuary messages or Truth in Christ Radio on your mobile device, just subscribe to both through Google Podcast or Apple Podcast. You're also invited to join us on Sunday and Thursdays through live streaming of our services and Bible studies. Just click on the online services link on the website. We're so glad that you could join us today. And if there is any way that we can bless you with your walk with Jesus Christ, please don't hesitate to call our church office. Remember, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And for this cause, I have come into the world that I should bear witness unto the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. May God bless you in abundance today as you walk with him. And until next time, this has been Truth in Christ.